Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore I Geek, episode 148. I'm Andrew. <clears throat> and I am about two seconds away from screaming at my internet browser for fucking not responding. Not responding. Not responding. How you doing, folks? Are we good? I hope we're good. Angry, angry mouse clicks. Angry mouse clicks. Do you remember in college we had that guy? He would like, you hear him like, fucking erase! I, I do, actually. That's exactly where I thought of. So, yeah, we were working a lot in, in uh, AutoCAD, and the computers weren't exactly the, the greatest in the world. And, yeah, one of our classmates just had a meltdown. You just hear, like, he, it sounded like he was punching the mouse with his fist. <laughs> and really then just did. yelled, fucking erase! <laughs> oh, college. Yeah. Good times. College, good times. It's also when, like, we were just hyped up on way too much coffee. Yeah, that college just got me to stop drinking coffee. I know. And, I and, and, and college actually... Uh, actually, not even not even that long ago. I think only a few weeks ago. Yeah, about you quitting coffee. Yeah. Whereas me, like, if I quit it, I would probably die. Yeah, you and my brother both um, probably would go into full caffeine withdrawal and and lose your minds. No, I mean I've I've been there where it's like you know I've like I've been busy or something. I haven't had a cup of coffee for like three days, and I just start getting debilitating headaches. Ooh, God, like like right. I am I am legitimately addicted to coffee. <laughs> And, you, and you know what? I don't give a fuck. Don't care. This is an addiction I want to keep. Nope. Yep. Nope. Right. nope. Yep. See? Can you you nope. can't even make decisions. I've only had like half a cup of coffee. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know where <laughs> I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just talking at things. There are voices that are in my head and I'm responding to them. <laughs> and they're not just me. All right, so today we are going to be talking about, uh, we've got one new story about actor T.J. Miller from Silicon Valley and Deadpool. Meltdown. Yeah, just kind of going a little nuts. And I say a little bit nuts because under normal circumstances, this would be considered pretty nuts. But our other major topic we're going to kind of focus on for the most part here is the ongoing story of everything that is going on in and around the life of Stan Lee. And when I say it's nuts, I mean it is utterly bizarre, Michael Jackson-level fucking weird kind of shit. Yeah, when we talk about this story, it'll kind of sound reminiscent to... Soviet-era struggles for power after a leader suddenly dies of a heart attack or is becoming, how shall we say, like uh, less lucid as they get older. Yeah, I, I mean... And that's what basically what poor Stan Lee is going through. I mean, the reality here, unfortunately, is that this is a very public case of abuse of the elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really is unfortunate just to, to for us to watch and to try and wrap our brains around, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a whirl. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs here, and there's probably a lot of confusion, so we're going to try and make things clear for people, and, and I wanted to put kind of a timeline to what's been going on, because... It's one of these stories where there is literally, it does not appear to, to, to have a hero. It's like everybody sucks, except for Stan, who is clearly the victim here. Yeah. But no one can seem to find a way to do anything about this. Yeah. Uh, so, but starting off, like I said, so actor T.J. Miller from Deadpool and Silicon Valley and the god-awful Emoji movie. Formerly of Silicon Valley. Yeah, formerly, I should say. You're, no, you're absolutely right. Um, because T.J. Miller has left that show. Uh, as co-stars have said, basically for not showing up to work and being stoned all the time, which, shocking. Yeah, no one's surprised there. Right. Uh, but Miller was arrested, what was this, uh, date for this was April 10th, so not quite a week ago, for calling in a fake bomb threat on an Amtrak train he was on. Uh. So, 
Right now he's being held on a $100,000 bond and the charge against him carries up to five years in prison. And basically yeah. what happened is he called a 911 dispatcher on a train in Jersey going from DC to New York and claimed that a female passenger near him had a had a bomb in her, her purse. Now, what it actually turns out is that Miller was hitting on this woman. Uh, she wasn't feeling it. Should we point out when you say that the married tj miller is right. hitting on this woman in the bar car of one of the amtrak i assume it's in a cella yeah who knows who knows or he was just ripped before he got on the train at this point it doesn't matter right so he calls in the bomb threat um they figure out you know they stop the train check the train no evidence of a bomb they called him the dispatchers call him back start to get the idea that maybe he's kind of drunk figure out he's actually on a different train and then they stop and check that train and one of the attendants on the train lets the police know oh yeah we kicked that asshole off a couple a couple stops ago because he was super drunk mm -hmm. so yeah tj miller got himself arrested and, you know it's just one of those i don't actually think he's a particularly bad actor i mean I, i've watched i watched the first season of silicon valley it wasn't bad um but like you know you can't get away with this shit. Like I know this is this is just the, the pettiest of all petty burnt dudes at the bar who, who who can't pick up a chick. It's like, oh, she doesn't like me. Let me call in a bomb threat and ruin the day of two trainfuls worth of people. Well, it is Amtrak, so maybe you know two half full trains worth of, of people. I'll, no, I'll tell you what that 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 New York to DC run because I've done that a few times. Yeah, that one that part's usually pretty freaking packed. That one that one leg. Yeah, well, after DC it starts to starts to to taper off because I've yeah that line still I've bleeds. taken it. That that line still bleeds obscene amounts of money. So maybe that one stretch which they could probably just do with fancy buses, but that's another point. Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, I'm not, I don't think it's making money, but it is certainly... Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's certainly full of people. Trying to trying to get oh, a, yeah, trying to get a seat at Penn Station in New York. Uh -huh. I've, I've taken that home from New York Comic Con several times, and while I thoroughly enjoy it, I mean, fuck my life, trying to get that, that seat in Penn Station. Oh, it's awful. You know, yeah, it's me, just... me in, like, my con t-shirt and jeans and whatnot, I ended up sitting with a very, very, very well-dressed uh, trio of of older individuals and it was really awkward and could you imagine that train being stopped by a bomb threat like that that would just just send me into a tailspin because i've taken the train from new york after new york comic-con to my hometown in new jersey and really all i have to do is survive the leg from new york penn to newark penn and then i get on my hometown train and then it's not really a problem after that i mean generally but, speaking all you have to do is survive newark and and you're right. fine like yes. that's, that's just a rule of thumb yeah. across everything well, just, just a general rule of being in new jersey is just survive newark but this is true but could you i just can't this is something funny because we were just talking about miller what last week about how much we liked him or at least how much i liked him in uh ready player one i've liked him in deadpool i've never watched um silicon valley and i know he's had like a lot of bad press because of like people in in when he was in college accused him of sex assault or sexual harassment yeah this this kind of really takes the cake though like a, a bomb threat yeah on a i mean it's like yeah i mean he's currently in jail now as he should be funny enough i don't know if i've mentioned on the podcast but i tell you i did i was at a comedy club that he was performing uh in uh, downtown in downtown san diego and he was late by like a lot to the point where basically it wasn't even his fault it was just his plane got super delayed i think i can't remember if you told it on the podcast for ready player one or if we did it off air but i think i think I we told that on the either. podcast 
But basically, he was super delayed, and he basically was taken from the airport because the airport to the club was is, was a short distance. Dropped off, went down, went down into the club, and did his set pretty much immediately after getting off the plane. I thought that at the time I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, good for him. But yeah, I mean, at the time, uh, I mean, not, nothing else was withstanding. That's a right. pretty, that's a pretty good story because <laughs> I mean, that that's professional right there. That definitely is, and I'm sure he had his set all. I mean, if it were me, I'd be completely fucked. But but bombed. I, I'm curious to see how this pans out because you were saying just a second ago five years prison sentence uh maximum yeah maximum five years does it say how much he could be fined uh it did not yeah. I, I feel like that's gonna be like a half a million dollar fine oh, i would think at least yeah. yeah 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 so yeah that was definitely a um knucklehead of the week for for tj miller yeah all right so let, let's start talking about Stanley because yeah, this, this is, is, this is it, it is it is sad. It is unfortunate. It is. It, it, I mean, as a comic book fan, it, it just kind of hurts deep down. Mm -hmm. Now, we had touched on it about a month ago when the Daily Beast put up an article called uh, the headline was called Picked Apart by Vultures. The Last Days of Stan Lee, which is a fairly ominous title because it sounds like uh, he's either about to die or dead, but he's not dead. Right. But the but the basic the basic thrust of the article is that and I, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just kind of lift excerpts off of it that uh, as you might expect, Stanley at the age of 95 uh, to be enjoying the fruits of his many labors. And they're referring to, you know, Marvel and all the movies and all the appearances that he's been making. But instead, seven months after the death of Joan, his wife of almost 70 years, which is amazing to me, uh, beset with ammonia, the apparent victim of gross financial manfeasance and surrounded by a panoply of Hollywood charlatans and Montebanks, he may be facing his greatest challenge. Basically, according to this one insider during the – and they only refer to the insider as the insider in this Daily Beast article – that it's a, quote, real fucking mess over there. I think his money will be gone in a few weeks. Stan and his daughter, JC, are literally being picked apart by vultures. And the article goes on to detail kind of big, big red flags such as a – $850,000 condo that was purchased in West Hollywood a short distance from Lee home, Lee's home, $1.4 million that completely disappeared during a uh, wire transfer from, I think, Merrill Lynch to UBS. Also, back in this kind of the first realization that something was wrong, and I don't think we covered it, was when L.A. police were called to his home in early February of this year yeah. over some sort of apparent dispute. And I'm actually going to get back to that and to why that's, that that's relevant. Um, and essentially the, the article continues to detail some of the interesting characters who we're going to try and get familiar with, such as uh, his daughter, JC, who's about 67, a lawyer who goes by the name of uh, Jerry Oliveres and a guy named Kia Morgan, who, sees himself as some sort of hero running to the uh, riding to the rescue of Stanley and his family who is actually a very wealthy memorabilia uh, collector who's known Stan for about a decade and then kind of the secondary characters are JC's lawyer so that that article came out in uh, March 10th, and we kind of covered it briefly about just kind of how sad it was. But basically five days ago, essentially the same day the T.J. Miller crap went down, Hollywood yep. Reporter puts out a very long and much more detailed article than, than the Daily Beast. I think the Daily Beast just was the, the first one to take a crack at it and has 
gotten a hold of a document from February 13th that was obtained by The Hollywood Reporter explaining that Lee and his late wife had arranged a trust for their daughter because she had trouble supporting herself and overspent. And this is a quote, quote, it is not uncommon for JC to charge any in any given month, any given month, 20 to $40,000 on credit cards, sometimes more. Uh, the document goes on to describe how when he and his daughter disagree, quote, which is often, end quote, she typically yells and screams at me and cries hysterically if I do not capitulate. This is coming from that that document. Now, that document was signed and notarized February 13th, 2018. The dispute in which the LAPD were called to Stanley's Hollywood Hills homes occurred two days after that document uh, was notarized and you know, signed. It's, al and, it's also worth noting, yeah. Stanley's daughter is like in her mid-60s. Yeah, she's like 67. Yeah. So this is a 67-year-old <clears throat> woman acting like this. You're right. And the document goes on to talk about three what they call bad uh, bad actors or men with three men with bad intentions. Uh, the aforementioned Jerry Oliveres, Kia Morgan, and JC's attorney Kirk uh, Schnedek or Schneck. Now, what's interesting about that incident in February is that the two men who were with Stan, according to the Hollywood Reporter, when he signed this declaration or a statement of declaration or a statement of truth or whatever it's called were Max Anderson, his longtime road manager and bodyguard, and a man named Tom Lallas, L-A-L-L-A-S. Uh, they were with him and helped him draft this uh, declaration. Those were the two men that were on the outside of the house when this dispute occurred. And soon well, and, after and, this... And those two men have been with Stan for 25 years. I mean, for yeah, a long, long time. time. Long time. So basically, a few days after the declaration was notarized, which again falls within that couple days of this dispute, uh, Lee changed his mind, or someone did. Lalas was soon out as Lee's attorney in a confrontation that grew tense at the LAPD were called to the Legends Hollywood Hills home, which is I just mentioned. So now what it looks like is Kia Morgan and JC have basically started to consolidate power over Lee. The Hollywood Reporter. <clears throat> goes on to describe how they've kind of separated him from other people in his inner circle, such as Mike Kelly, his longtime assistant, who's also known him for like 25 years. They've gotten new accountants, oddly enough, uh, Vince McGuire, Toby McGuire's brother, who apparently has an accounting firm. They've also fired uh, longtime housekeepers and gardeners soon after his wife died in as of July of 2017. Other long-term lawyers and financial advisors had been fired. And in this kind of bizarre power struggle, they've also squeezed out the other kind of bad actor that they mentioned, the Jerry, uh, oh crap, now I'm black, um, Oliveras. He's been squeezed out since late 2017 because they think he was the guy behind the $300,000 transfer of money to one of Lee's, uh, Stan Lee's, like, for-profit charities called, um, what's it called? Hands with Respect or something? Hands of Respect? Right. And that he was the one who also took the $850,000 to give himself a home. Now, um, Oliveras is quoted at length within the Hollywood Reporter article 
But also, interestingly enough, is The Hollywood Reporter goes through kind of the crazy things that JC has said and done. Because they've got trans, they say they have transcripts of really bizarre voicemails that she had with the former lawyer Tom Lalas about how she wants her money and how she's going to somehow find a way to take over uh, Marvel. It also quotes at length or gets a story from a woman named, uh, which I know her last name is Sanchez, but I can't find her first name. Uh, oh, Linda Sanchez, Lee's nurse, who has had very cantankerous relationships with JC, goes on to describe JC's verbal and physical altercations with her father. Um, these are one of those things that were mentioned in the declaration, but again, in, uh, Sanchez eventually gets slowly pushed out. So essentially, what, you, what you're left with is kind of two key figures, which are JC Lee and Kia Morgan. Basically, Jerry Oliver, um, Oliveras and Max Anderson, the bodyguard, have been pushed out at this at this point. And you've just got other bizarre things. Like, did you see the videos that Kia Morgan has been making with Stan it's really weird because i have not watched them all but like kia morgan originally kind of came across as like looking out for stan and right and and it, it it's really kind of seeming like that's that's not the thing especially as, as you start reading where you're starting to push a stanley biopic right exactly and you had these like bizarre um videos where basically uh at the, at the bottom of the hollywood report article it was it's the very bottom of the video is stanley sets the record straight on relationship with with daughter and friend kia morgan and it's stan basically trying to repudiate what was said in the February 13th doc declaration in which the again Max Anderson was there Tom Lalas was there I believe Sanchez was there Linda Sanchez was there these are all the people who've been pushed out Lalas is basically making the claim that he went line by line word by word with Stan over that document and then in this video it's about three minutes Stan talks about how it's wrong it's full of lies he didn't know what he was signing and then what's kind of funny is it clearly looks like it's filmed in a uh hotel room like facing the door of the hotel and then at the end of it he is like oh talk about the macular degeneration stan and he goes ah to hell with that and then the very next video which is filmed clearly in the same exact location talks about his macular degeneration or he is lee has talked about his macular degeneration and about how they put stuff in front of him that he couldn't have read or didn't wasn't able to see which now, now, now to be fair stan lee has said four years like his eyesight's going so last time i saw him at new york comic-con yeah. someone had actually like asked him about you know like if he still reads comics and whatnot and he basically said you know it's really unfortunate but i i, I really can't see it anymore that mm -hmm. unless unless it's in extremely huge font mm -hmm. uh and my my staff you know this is when he's still doing some stuff with uh stanley Bridger power or something mm -hmm. um that unless they absolutely need him to to read it then then he can't but if they do they've, they've got to blow it up to like size like 48 font sure now this is all true but i guess my point would have been it does seem a little fishy that here's this video where he's talking about his friend and his daughter and then the guy brings up hey macular degeneration and he blows him off and then the very next video which is stan in the same clothes and this, it looks like it was just taken moments after the other one Right. starts to blame his macular degeneration on not being able to read this declaration when his former lawyer is saying, oh, we, we went over this line by line. Like right. I dictated it to him. Right. And, and so I and I honestly don't, that's don't doubt efficient. that. Yeah. I mean, so the, lawyers are going to cover their ass. Right. And, you know, so the, what's so hard about this story is that you don't know who's the who's the good actor and the bad actor in this, because they all seem like they obviously have an agenda. There's a lot of money at stake. Stan's, according to The Hollywood Reporter and, and The Daily Beast, 
Stan's net worth is somewhere between 50 and 70 million dollars and he gets about a million dollars a year just because of his royalties from Marvel. Right. So there's a lot of money at play here. Well, not, not uh, so only that, is it not only is it not clear that like who's good and who's bad, it's mm-hmm. distinctly possible that in in this that it turns out everyone is bad Absolutely. and Stan is just getting just getting a victim. Yeah, chewed to pieces. Yeah, the the thing I would guard a lot of people against is don't pick anyone's side here except Stan's. Yeah, and because you, and, I don't know if Max Anderson's a good guy, Talis or um excuse me, uh, Lalas is a good guy or you know, maybe Morgan really did run to the rescue. It's, it I don't I doubt all of that. You know, it's like I doubt all that. It seems like the one guy who's decidedly a bad guy that everyone doesn't like is um, Jerry, uh, Jerry Oliveras because he's now the one being sued. But then, yeah, I mean, if you if you look at Oliveras' record, I think the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter said, he, yeah, he's got like forty five liens against him, and oh yeah, yeah, hold on, I actually have that in front of me. Unfortunately, will... to be to be fair, Stan. You know, Stan just likes people and like right. tries to work with them and tries to see the best in people a lot of times. So, mm-hmm. like on his uh, Stanley Presents company, like was run by a f- convicted drug dealer. Right, that's true. And then, so here's from the Daily Beast. According to public records, Oliveras, as of January, has amassed 45 liens, mostly federal, state, and ci- uh, city and county tax liens filed against him, totaling in low six figures, as well as 15 judgments against him for around $40,000. He is also, um, according to Alavarez's attorney, Yuri Lita- Litvak, the co-owner and LL- of an LLC in partnership with Stanley that controls the Hands of Respect company, uh, the recipient of the thirty three hundred thousand dollar loan and the entity that purchased the $850,000 condo. So there's a lot, a lot of shady, shady stuff here with him. Uh, Max Anderson, the, the man that was been like Stan's longtime, you know, road manager and bodyguard, he's a convicted felon also for beating his wife in 2002. And then a couple years later, beating his kid so he's he's not in good shape and then we don't know i mean the kind of stuff they talked they they mention about jc or they they tell us about jc is that she just comes off as kind of really really paranoid and almost megalomaniac uh megalomaniacal uh so it's it's very hard to get a grip on uh who's good and who's bad here and then you just got weird shit like the tmz reported back in february early early excuse me april april 5th 10 days ago that his Stanley's blood was taken and mixed with ink and used to sign copies of Black Panther that are on sale for anywhere between $250 and $500 at some store in Las Vegas. Like, that's super weird. Yeah. I mean, Stanley autographs are certainly certainly go for for those kind of... But yeah, the blood thing. I was telling you before we got on, like, that reminded me that there was a sting. Not sting. um, Kiss did something similar where they, they took a vial of blood and added it to the ink that was supposed to be printed for kiss comics number one Mm -hmm. and from what i understand it inadvertently ended up in like an an issue of spider-man i think is what what it turned out to be but like yeah it's just it's nuts like also like i don't want ink with someone's blood in it like it's freaking weird i mean do i think stan lee has some kind of crazy disease no but like it's just weird you know it's weird there's like a a biohazard concern there like like all kinds of yeah no absolutely not oh and getting back to the kia morgan thing so april 12th this is from tmz 
uh, Stanley is mad as hell over reports he's being abused and taking advantage of because he says it's completely untrue, and he's going to do whatever it takes to set the record straight. The legendary Marvel creator tells TMZ, um, tells TMZ material recently published about him and his friend, specifically Kia Morgan. Again, this name keeps popping up. I actually did like a, uh, control find, a control F on, uh, the Hollywood Reporter article, Morgan's name appears 47 times. Yeah. This guy's name just keeps popping up. Uh, anyway, so recently published materials about him and his friend, especially Key Morgan, are nothing but slander. Lee says the claims are hateful and harmful, and he can't even believe some of the accusations. Stan, it stands adamant he's not being mistreated and suggests someone might have a personal vendetta. In any event, he's ready to take legal action against any media outlets wrongly trashing him. Trashing him Again, they're not trashing him. That's what's crazy. They're right. not trashing him. Uh, as we reported, Lee's endured several rough months dealing with, again, the, the blood stuff, the, 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 the millions of dollars disappearing, the pneumonia, the death of his wife last year, numerous sexual allegations against him like it's not it's not been good and again yeah, I mean, it's one of these that's, videos i was gonna say that's another thing that, that we've kind of failed to mention is that yeah there are some of the in-home nurses making claims of uh sexual harassment and like groping against stan lee groping and him fapping in front of them i mean this is and that was kind of popped up earlier this year uh kind of from the from the daily mail headline from february 15th uh, lapd officers we're seen entering the home just before 2 p.m. The DailyMail.com understands that Adult Protective Services uh, was also in attendance. APS is typically dispatched to deal with allegations of elder abuse, according to the LAPD, although it's not clear whether Stan Lee, 95, is the victim. I think now, several months later, it appears that's more and more the case. DailyMail.com understands the that allegations involve Lee's longtime road manager and bodyguard Alex Anderson, a convicted felon. And it's been a troubling few months for Lee. In January, he was hit with several allegations of sexual assault and sexual harassment by nurses caring for him. And that's, you know, it, it's, I'm not going to try and make excuses for him because we just don't know. But it's like, this guy has nurses almost around the clock taking care of him. So it's not clear if some of this stuff is just Lee, you know, coming from Lee's failing mental and, and, and state and, and body health. Right. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not make, I'm not going to make an excuse for him, but like we just don't know what's going on considering all the crazy stuff that's happening around. And I think we already mentioned uh, Kevin Smith basically tweeted uh, – April 10th, the day the Hollywood Reporter article at least is is headlined or bylined. Uh, quote, this is heartbreaking. We love you at the real Stan Lee. You are always welcome to come live with me or please let us fans buy you a new place to live. Sorry, we uh, we miss you, sir. Um, and again, I don't say I don't think his house is in trouble. It's the people around him. Right. That are, you know, and then he, he tweets a link to the Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, again, really, really troubling stuff. And then three days later, we now find out that he is suing um, Oliveres over the $300,000 loan to the you know fake nonprofit and the $850,000 condo in West Hollywood and possibly the $1.4 million that was skimmed during the wire transactions between Merrill Lynch and UBS. This is just bad. Like everywhere you look, this is just bad horrendous bad and if you get a chance like read the um the declaration of stan lee it's at the bottom of the hollywood reporter um article it's about seven pages it's it's a fairly easy read i read 
bit before we went on. Most of that is directed at JC. And the other three guys that are mentioned, Oliveras, Morgan, and her attorney, um, Schneck, they're mentioned kind of here and there. But, like, that declaration was directed right at her. So it's... It appears that just there, like you said earlier, there are no no clean actors in this. In this, uh, clearly at this stage in the game, Oliveras has been pushed out and he's being sued. Max Anderson's been pushed out. Um, Lalas has been pushed out. So if I were to guess, or just based on what we've been reading, what we've been seeing, it looks like some sort of unholy alliance has been formed between kia morgan and jc lee but who the hell knows in a couple months that could change we could find morgan pushed out or jc pushed out i don't know it's just sad it's just really sad you know what the one thing i am grateful for is that stan lee doesn't own any of the rights to any of the characters because if he did we'd end up in a fucking yoko ono or courtney love situation here how do you mean when you explain so i mean like like yoko ono and, and like courtney love like on the deaths of John Lennon and on Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. you know, have held on to these rights as the, the surviving spouse. In this case, it would be JC as the surviving mm-hmm. child and mm-hmm. have basically kind of held these rights hostage mm-hmm. um, to other, from other people, um, you know, being able to use them, especially people who are, who are deserving, especially, like deserving of them like in nirvana's case um the the, the two other members dave girl and i always fuck up the basis chris novoselic there you go yeah never get that one right i only know That's... chris novoselic's name because he pops up among in inside libertarian circles every now and again so, ah. so god it's the guy from... <laughs> so that's how i know i know we all know dave Grohl from foo fighters but yeah, right. chris novoselic he's kind of gone into the non-profit world yeah he, he really he, he's he's kind of left music behind which is you know i mean yeah do you do you man um yeah do you but no i mean they've been fighting with courtney love basically since the mid 90s now mm-hmm. o- over over the rights for you know the music they were involved with yeah so i mean yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm 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 glad that lee does not own any of the rights to those characters anymore right because that'd be a real mess Jeez. right could you could you imagine i mean i i can at the same time though like jc lee as kind of nuts and paranoid as she is going up against the lawyers of, mm-hmm. co- of corporate overlord like Big right. Mouse would just destroy her. Big Big Mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I bet you it would be even bigger news than, than this is. Cause... Oh, God, yeah. Especially with the, yeah. the amount of money with the Marvel stu- that Marvel Studios is bringing in. Oh, yeah. It'd be insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd be... But what gets me is I can kind of see where where J.C. Lee thinks she's got a stake. I don't understand the background of what... what what Kia Morgan is all about. Um, we kind of have a quick blurb about him in, in the Hollywood Reporter article. A, a noted dealer of memorabilia, particularly pertaining to Marilyn Monroe and Michael Jackson, Morgan, along with Lee's daughter, JC, is now Lee's primary gatekeeper and trying to jumpstart a biopic of the comic legend. He is named by Lee in a now-disputed February 13th declaration of one of the three men with bad intentions and if you go back to the again the daily beast article i mean morgan really portrays himself as this you know i I guess in the words of the daily beast article the cavalry uh white knight coming yeah the white knight coming coming to his rescue and i'm always suspicious of people who claim those kind of things or talk about themselves in those terms i mean look it's also possible that some of these people have done some good like you know two things can be true at the same time certainly for example not saying this is the case but saying that it's very true that morgan could have bad intentions towards lee or very self-serving intentions towards lee and with those motivations actually found that Oliveras was was in fact also grifting from the top of of lee's wealth sure 
like it could absolutely be the case that because in the daily beast article he claims to be the one who found the check for three hundred thousand dollars and uncovered all the the crazy things about uh the the, the west hollywood condo and stuff like that yeah. it could very well be that's the case and that that could very well that you know he's being sued for that and that could very well be a bad thing but that doesn't uh kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ed, not admonish, but negate, uh, vindicate Morgan of other, kind of other wrongdoing, you know, other intent, ill intents that he might have towards Lee. But at this point, I just don't know. It's it, that's pure speculation. Yeah, I mean, we'll kind of have to see how this plays out. Unfortunately, you know, it doesn't look like it's playing out very well. No, it's it's a real. I mean, the guy is 95, and I think we had mentioned this on the podcast not too long ago that basically you and I, any day now, are waiting for the headline. You know, Stan Lee, founder of you know, uh, founder or creator of marvel characters passes away right we're we're just yeah we're waiting for that like at this point right i'm not hoping for it but i mean at no. 95 no. i ex i expect it you know right. at 50 it's... no i don't expect it at 95 yeah yeah and it's just that this is like in, in magic and entertainment we always we have this kind of uh cliched line of the audience remembers the last things they see and it is kind of sad that the last things that we talk about when it comes to stan lee is this awful infighting amongst his inner circle yeah and the, the, the sad thing is that he's such an important figure to so many fans out there oddly enough i've actually never read any of the comic books he's written but nevertheless you know he's so important to so many people that a very personal and embarrassing tribulation like this is being played out in full view of everyone who admires him. Yeah. So I, I guess on, on that note, we'll just have to wait and see what plays out and see where this lawsuit, which will probably take years to, to sort out, goes. It's um, the documents also on the Hollywood Reporter dateline April 13th from Ashley Cullens. And it's about how, how long is this thing? 14 pages. And it's all in lawyer speak. I didn't read through this one. I read through the declaration of Stanley. I didn't read through the, the lawsuit, but, but I, I kind of got the gist of it from the article ahead. I mean, that's it on my end. Yeah. All right. So dude, what have you been into? Well, uh, I got to see a few movies. We saw a quiet place came out over the last weekend. Uh, very good. Made like $50 million over that weekend. Did really, really well. Bumped off, uh, ready player one. I saw ready player one again. Cause the girl wanted to see it. So we, we saw that, uh, I still liked it. It's not great. I speak, I've spoken to a few people and, and I think we talked about in the podcast that if this isn't pushing the right buttons or it's pushing buttons that aren't attached to anything for you, you're not going to enjoy this and since our last podcast i did speak to a few people who were like i didn't care about what i was looking at because i don't have any connection to any of these things and so i understand that's a, that's a fairly valid concern and you know a few people had that reaction sure. although it was nice to go back and watch it again and like pick up on things i missed the first time because oh, yeah. you're hit with so much imagery that you know, you know you don't know what to look at so for most of this movie i was kind of just watching the background picking up on things i missed like the winnebago from Spaceballs is in h's garage in the background nice that was that was a nice little find swordfish um from cowboy bebop the red fighter that spike flies is in the background uh also you probably noticed this i noticed it and it didn't connect until the second viewing is you know the scene where daito and parsival catch Nolan Sorrento as he's coming out of his rig so they they trick him into thinking he's in the real world yeah and you notice how their eyes were glowing I did not actually see that was I I, I noticed it and I forgot their eyes glow 
like the replicants from Blade Runner. Nice. And that was the key, that, that was the giveaway that they were in the virtual world. It, it wasn't a giveaway for Nolan, but it was kind of like, it was just there. It was a really nice little uh, giveaway. And I saw it the first time, and I didn't, I couldn't register it. And I saw it the second time, and I'm like, why, why does that matter? And then it, Blade Runner hit me. Um, so I, th I thought that was nice to check that out. Again, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I saw on Tuesday the movie Death of Stalin, which is a comical farce by the guy who did the TV show Veep about the moments of succession after Stalin dies of a stroke in 1953. Like the, the, the moments right after it, not the kind of three years where uh, Melenkov, Molotov, and Khrushchev are ruling the country as a, like a troika, but that moment right after Stalin dies, that rush to see who gets to be in charge and really it's a rush to not let Beria who was um Stalin's chief of secret police the head of the KGB not let him kill everybody <laughs> basically right but it's really funny considering how brutal and ruthless and cold-hearted and you know cruel so many of these men were it was kind of fun to watch them act like total doofuses and it was a really great 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 cast with Steve Buscemi as Khrushchev and a lot of British actors as uh, uh, you know, Molotov and, and Jeffrey Tambor was perfect in his role as Georgie uh, uh, Melantov. It, it was just was just fantastic. Uh, other than that, uh, not much. I picked up two new books. I'm like super excited about them. One of my personal heroes is a man named Thomas Sowell, and he had a new book just recently came out called Discrimination Disparities. Uh, it's in hardcover. I picked it up today. And then I had an impulse buy because that's what happens when I go to Barnes & Noble. This is why I don't go to Barnes & Noble often is I, I pick up one of those books. I just pick up a book on impulse and I picked up one on the French Revolution. So hmm. that's about it. Also, I've started playing this game called World of Warships and this is probably another game that's going to take up more time than it should. Although, I, I so this is not announced officially, but a friend of mine, he's turning 44, 43 next week, a week from yesterday. Okay. And one of his bucket lists is he wants to train and fight in an amateur boxing match. So guess who his opponent is going to be? You? Yes. Or supposed to be. I don't know how so, I feel about this because... I, I don't mean, know how I feel about this. I have fantasized about beating your ass for a long time. <laughs> and now someone else is going to get to do it and not me. You and many other Yeah. So here's what's funny is like I didn't want to do it because I, I don't want to get punched in the head. I, I tried to convince them like maybe we should do jujitsu because, you know, I, I will be better at it. And I don't want to get a concussion, but he's like, really, this is a bucket list thing of his and he really wants to do this, this boxing match. So I have to find a gym and start training. So sometime in July, uh, probably the second or third weekend in July, either the 14th or 21st, I will be engaged in an amateur boxing match. I said I want to do three, three, three minute rounds. He wants to do five, three minute rounds. And for those who don't understand how exhausting fight sports is. <laughs> That's a long fucking time. That's a long time. Yeah, so, it is. It's, uh, I don't, yeah, it's a long time. Like, McGregor gassed out at nine rounds, or ten. They're technically ten. Uh... UFC fights are three five-minute rounds. Main card are five five-minute rounds. General amateur or general low-level boxing are three rounds. The fact that he wants to go five is intense. So I think my goal is to just uh, out-cardio him <laughs> and drag him into the later rounds and hope hopefully not get knocked out. I mean, you know, there is, I mean, maybe not anymore, but, the, you know, there certainly can be a, a fair amount of 
uh, strategy to to boxing. Oh yeah, there's totally their game plans and all that kind of stuff. That's what I got to learn. So so it was kind of funny because like he was like really gung ho about this this match and how he was gonna knock me out. And then as we've started to get the ball rolling into doing this, I could see him start to get more and more nervous because I'm three inches taller than him and like five pounds lighter and I have a longer like all of a sudden these comparisons start to come up and he's like oh wait <laughs> nice <laughs> maybe, maybe i potentially have made a bad decision here uh but who knows I, I, this part of me thinks this is just gonna fall apart in a couple weeks but another part of me thinks that in in two months i'm gonna be saying the same thing the night before the fight like oh there's no way this is gonna actually happen right now i think one of the important things is that we get a video of this oh yeah he wants to make it like a whole event like create a whole card like invite people because, charge be, charge money because if you win i at least want to see you you know clobber someone <laughs> yeah, i mean, I mean me, realistically i, I want to see the evidence i want to watch you get clobbered but you know right i think that's what everyone i believe most of my close friends and family are actually looking forward to seeing me lose but well, because we know the, you exactly uh but on the off chance that somehow I pull this off, I want video evidence that it happened. <laughs> right. Nice. How about yourself? Uh, nothing. Nothing anywhere near that uh, impressive. <laughs> let me let me let me tell you that. Yeah. Impressive's not the word. Well, no, oh, probably not. You're right. Um, I am still. I am. I am eyeballs deep in in the process of packing and, and getting ready to move. I almost have my office squared away, and it's kind of at one of those points where it's like the the majority of the things that are still up and running in my office are the things I need for like podcasting and stuff. So there will come a, a week here in the not too distant future, maybe probably actually two weeks, uh, where I'm moving that we're gonna we're gonna skip a couple of episodes here, mm -hmm. uh, just because there's no way in hell I'm gonna be able to edit a podcast and, and move houses. But um, no, so aside from that, so I've been packing. Um, I watched the first two episodes of the new Netflix Lost in Space series. How is that? Is it good? It's off to a decent start. Um, the one thing it's doing, and a lot of shows do this now, and I was talking with our friend Kyle about this, and it, it's getting to drive me a little bit nuts is the refusal to tell a linear story mm -hmm. like i don't mind non-linear storytelling like i know a lot of people who sure. really don't like pulp fiction because it's non-linear and i think pulp fiction's great right. but basically and kyle i think correctly pointed it back to it start having started at the show lost where like mm. you, some you know something happens and then you spend the next like six episodes getting bits and pieces of the information right. in flashbacks no just Right. Just tell me the story. Right, right, right. And it's not so much Lost in Space. Like, I don't have a problem necessarily with Lost in Space. It's just Lost in Space has finally hit the point where I'm like, God damn it, just tell the story a different way. Like, everybody's doing this. Don't stop it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, in general, I'm enjoying it. I think there's some good information. Not good information, but some good storytelling. There were there have been, mm -hmm. like, one or two, like, CGI scenes where I'm like, well, that looks not good. But other than that, the show looks really cool. I like a lot of what's going on. Um, and then uh, I have started listening to a new audiobook called Console Wars. And it's, it's, it's a book I actually own that I've been meaning to read for a long time and just haven't. And since I don't have time to because I'm packing and because the book itself has been physically packed, um, mm -hmm. I decided to pick up the audio book. And it is basically the kind of back and forth war from the from the 80s up until the early 2000s between Nintendo and Sega. Ah, yes, and which it, I believe Nintendo eventually wins, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, yes, because okay. Sega, uh, after the Dreamcast, Sega leaves the console manufacturing. Right. But you also have to keep in mind at that point, it's also the introduction of 
the Sony PlayStation, mm-hmm. like that, that will play a significant role sure. uh, in that end, kind of the end game there. But I am, I am really enjoying this book. It is very fascinating. Um, I, and, and it's one of those things like I was talking to Tracy earlier about audiobooks, and it's like, you know, sometimes I get some really great ones. This is a really great one. Mm-hmm. And there have been other ones. I got a history of Prussia hmm. that, like, it's just not happening. Mm. Like, that's it, dry. It, the, the perf- that sounds really dry. Well, it's dry. There is a certain degree of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. You know, so for like the first early years of, of, of the history of Prussia, um, you know, they don't really have a king, so they, they use the term. Um, elector mm-hmm. because they're one of the people who who gets to elect the holy roman emperor mm-hmm. um they keep bouncing back and forth between people's names so they'll refer to them you know as you know friedrich whatever number and then they'll use his actual name friedrich something you know oh god yeah yeah so it's just really really tough to follow and the narration's not very good mm-hmm. so it was just like all right f that um but yeah other than that it's, it's really been it's been the audiobooks it's been um catching some some of the lost in space when i can but he's been watching a lot of um interior design and like redecorating shows and there was one where this there was a woman just being just idiotically kind of outrageously stupid and i just got up and it's like nope fuck this i'm done <laughs> like i've watched a lot of dumb things on this show and it's actually i actually enjoy watching the show overall because i like i like the hosts and i like um just kind of like the designs they do you know they make really cool looking looking like living rooms and stuff and mm-hmm. but like it was just like nope i can't i can't do any more of of this level of stupid so i literally got up and said fuck this i can't i can't do it yeah i, I think i got i think i caught becky a little off guard with that one <laughs> it's like these sudden outbursts of rage nope done leaving yeah well work's not helping like mm-hmm. people at work are just are fucking up at light speed and <laughs> it's really impressive so there you go all right folks if you like what we do make sure you head over to thereforegeek.com you can check out our podcast and our uh, blog posts you can find us on facebook instagram twitter and you can follow this podcast on itunes soundcloud youtube and stitcher so once again i'm andrew i'm the dude and you've been listening to therefore a geek